Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. This platform is designed to share coaches, leaders, and influencers' journeys and experiences. Hope you're inspired by them so that you can serve others better and inspire them as well. Today's guest is AJ Artist. Coach Artist is the Director of Football Sports Performance at the University of Tennessee. We talked to him today about resorting back to your training, setting a standard, learn your players and be adaptable, and to be your own person. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Good, man. Thanks for having me. Coach Artis, I do appreciate your time. I know things are uh, really up and running for you guys there at Tennessee the football program, the athletic program as a whole is always running for SEC teams, I'm sure. Uh, but for y'all in particular, with the, with the new coaching staff coming on, you being retained, which is great. Uh, excited to have you on and kind of give us your perspective on strength and conditioning, how you work with players and all that. So here again, man, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Yes, sir. So I'm going to start off like I do every podcast coach and that how are you introduced to the game of football? Uh, into the game of football at a young age. Uh, it was a recreation center uh, right near my house, about the age of four or five, and started playing flag football. And um, ever since then, I kind of loved the game of football. Um, I grew up in a in a small town, Eaton, North Carolina, um, where I, I kind of grew up and played through the recreation department. Then when you get into to middle school, you go to your middle school team and into your high school team. So I was introduced, man, by my father um, at an early age. Uh, playing flag football, and I, I didn't know at that time where um, it, it would take me down so many different avenues and open so many doors for me. That's funny, right? How athletics, we think about whatever sport we jump into, we think we're just doing it for the love of it and for fun. Then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a career and, and getting paid to do what we love to do, in a sense, or being around what we love to do. And uh, that's a blessing, complete blessing to be able to be a part of the game that you love, that you started off with with just really natural, or as they say, organic uh, intentions and all that. So that's great, man. Now, what was your experience as a player growing up and, and throughout college? Because a lot of guys are good or they have a great uh, stat line. But what was? how did you view all that through, through your lens, Coach? Um, well, you know, gr- growing up, my experience growing up, I was um, middle school. I was kind of a, a defensive lineman and, Outside linebacker, I was kind of a chubby kid who really hadn't hadn't matured yet. Um, got into high school, my ninth grade year. Um, I was playing outside linebacker and, and on my JV team, and then kind of halfway through that year, I transitioned. My body kind of kind of started to take form and started maturing. I grew a couple of inches and I got faster, and I got when I kind of went into uh, changed to wide receiver. Nice and um, played wide receiver. Um, all the way through high school, um, and then getting to college um, is where kind of this is where I started. You may, may ask this later, but this is where I started my fascination with strength and conditioning because I was uh, 185 pounds going to college. Um, I left 240. So wow. the first couple first couple of years, I played wide receiver, um, and my body was still developing because you know in high school we didn't really have a a strength and conditioning coach or anybody to kind of give us, you know, a, a standard of 
uh, the weight room. So once I got to college, um, I started lifting weights and, and my body began to develop. And that's when um, kind of piqued my in- interest of strength and conditioning. So I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, answer a question before you ask it, so I'll kind of leave it at that. <laughs> no, that's good, man, because you, you, when you lead into that, you know, I always ask coaches what influenced them to go, go into the profession that they're in, and no better way to be influenced than for yourself to have experienced something that uh, you saw the benefits. Here again, you saw it bearing fruit, and you said, hey, I can help other people do this as well. Because uh, most of the time, young men uh, that you work with, the young men that I've worked with, they don't want to hear what you read in the book. They don't care about your CSCS certification. They want to know, how did you do it? Did you apply it to your life? And I think that that's kind of exactly where where you're headed with that when you say that. So, yeah. Did you have any coaches that really kind of pushed you as far as a career field to say, hey, maybe you could do this at, at the same level? Because you went to Campbell University, Campbell College, and like, did you find anybody that said, "Hey, you could do this on a collegiate level"? Um, yes, I had a couple of coaches in high school uh, that said I could do it. I had a couple say I can't do it. Right, yeah. so I like to prove, prove people wrong. Yeah. Um, so um, every single day, man, I went and worked at it, um, and that's kind of how I got to Campbell. Um, you know, I got, I got to Campbell, and and there I had a, had a coach recruiting me, um, Dale Steele. Mm-hmm. He was um, coached my first two years. And then Mike Minner um, played for the Carolina Panthers, safety for 10-plus years. He was uh, my next head coach. Two great men, two great leaders. Uh, they always believed in kind of their players and, and mentored us. And, 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 and leadership from the top down um, was, was, was very key. That's awesome, man. Yeah. When you find people who come alongside you and have a – or jump into your vision, a shared vision – uh, there's nothing more empowering than that because the worst, yeah, I think, I think young people today, especially need that guidance. I know when we were young, we needed that guidance and that just, that'll never change. That'll never change for, for a human being to need people to come alongside them and encourage them and aff- affirm them in every way, shape or form. So that's great, man. That's really, really good. Now I want to talk about kind of the science behind strength and conditioning because I, I know enough. I don't know a whole lot, but I know our listeners do. And and I just want to hear, kind of describe, Coach, what the science is behind your approach to uh, collegiate strength and conditioning. Um, so the science behind it, it, it is it is always changing. Uh, new research is coming out uh, every day, every month, every year. So you kind of got to take all that research and, and kind of do with your philosophy, do with your plan. Yeah. Um you know, my, my philosophy, I'm a um, total body training approach, right? And what, me saying that, we do a pull, a squat, and a press every single day, and we do a posterior chain lower body and a posterior chain upper body every day. So um, I'll, I'll break that down okay. by each deal. So the, the, a pull for me, um, I kind of simplify it. A pull is a, a power clean, a hand clean, a snatch, mm-hmm. um, a clean pull, something where you triple, triple standing at the hip, at the knee and at the ankle. Yeah. Getting that triple extension, um, putting force in the ground. And with that, the science over that, we use um, velocity-based training um, tools. Uh, t- you know, some people may have gym wares, tendos, but we use um, this deal called PUSH. Um, it, is a, it is a chip or device where you hook to your, to your barbell and it measures um, really the velocity of the bar on um, each rep. 
um, wow. w- with the push. So if a guy comes in his freshman year um, and we start the push unit, I can track every set, every rep of that kid and his transition and his development uh, for four years straight. Every rep that he, he, he's done in that weight room will get tracked track, um, in a database on the computer where I can go and make different files, different graphs, different charts. So, you know, we can show the guy where he's getting better at, you know, because some people always want to, you know, hey, man, I want to I want to squat this, I want to bench this, right? But, hey, if we're showing you, you're putting more force in the ground. Your, your output is, is, is going out, out, your power output is going off the charts. We can show these guys um, kind of how they're progressing, right? Um, so, give them feedback and then give us as coaches um, feedback as well as, okay, you know, this program didn't really work. All right, let's change this. Let's modify this. Um, because, you know, I always saying, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Yeah. Um, so yep. each and every day, how as coaches, how can we get better? How can we maximize these players, um, these players' uh, potential every single day? So that's with the pool. And um, the next one is squat. So back squat, a front squat, a lunge, a refit elevated squat a different type of squat um, that we do and we use the, the push in with that as well to kind of track it um, on down the line and then next one is the bench press sorry push uh, which we bench press incline press military press um, stuff like that so that's my pull uh, that's my main pill it's a pull a squat and a press um, and then we do a posterior chain lower body and a posterior chain upper body um, every single day so posterior chain upper body could be a pull up a one arm roll a barbell bent arm roll I'm a chest supported room. Um, posterior chain lower body could be a barbell RDL, dumbbell RDL, um, a hip hinge or knee flexion, so, such as hamstring curl, glue ham raises, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so in this approach, um, we're training the total body. Um, and the reason I, I like this approach is because the game is not just played with your upper body. The game is not just played with your lower body. It is a total body sport. All mm-hmm, sports yeah. are I'll play with your total body. Yep. So how, how how can we maximize that? How can we train that? Now, you know, different times of the year, we go four days a week. Different times we go two days a week. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, not three days a week um, of lifting weights. And um, how do we maximize the potential? And that's where I found my philosophy and kind of my training approach to um, to the body. Um, and then for our skill development on the field, you're going to have um, your, your, your jump, your sprint, and your cut. Uh, a jumping drill is in my program. Jump is a plyometric drill. Um, depth drops, box jumps, single leg broad jumps, broad jumps. How can we teach you um, how to apply that that weight room um, clean to now doing a vertical jump? You know how how can that translate? Um, the next deal is a sprint. Um, a sprint is speed development. Teach you how to start. Teach you how to run. How to get a top speed. How to hold top speed long, for a long period of time. Uh, running mechanics. Form running drills. You know, breaking it down, um, but developing those guys o- over the course, you know, of, of a minimum of three years, right? Because, yeah. you know, in college, you, you can go to the NFL in three years. So how can we develop that? Um, and then for, for the guys coming in early, how can we develop? I mean, guys want to come in running running four fours and four threes at, at this level. How wow. can we How can we develop that and make that four three more efficient or make that four three, try to get it down to the low four threes, right? Yeah. Um, how, how, how can we get that four six, maybe to a four five, or, or close to a four four as possible? Um, so, so that's all our, our speed work. Um, and our cut and drill 
is to change the direction. Um, how can I get from point A to point B fast as fast as way as possible? How can I um, change directions? Right, if I'm a DB, uh, if I'm a linebacker, if, if I'm a wide receiver, I got to be able to change directions. So we we, we go through a segmented um, step by step uh, ground based approach for that. Um, start at the fundamentals of just shuffling right, shuffling left, um, marching, shuffle to the right, march, shuffle to the left, and then we'll get into to some more advanced movements. As far as like full speed, change direction, five ten fives, um, three cone drills, where you're really changing directions. Um, so my, my my philosophy and my approach is um, pull a squat and a press, post your chain lower body, post your chain upper body, um, and then for, from the athletic side development, um, or as jumping, sprinting, and cuts, and we use all type of apparatuses and technologies that that we didn't have when I was in school. Right, we use the push units. Um, we use um, push units, catapult units when we're, when we're running. Um, and a catapult is kind of a GPS tracker. Um, tells you kind of how how far you ran, the speed you, you run at. Um, and we use different type of force decks, force plates to um, really end season um, when the guys are kind of going through. I mean, especially like this season just passed. It was a long season with, with a lot of breaks because of due to COVID and stuff. Yeah. Um, so how can we make sure that our guys are on Saturday um, kind of peaking. Yeah. Um, so force place, we kind of give that information to the coaching staff and, and, um, and they kind of, they kind of tailor their practices around the way the body is feeling. So um, keeping the guys fresh and make sure that, that, that we're generating power throughout the season. Yeah. You know, you're saying a lot coach because I, and I, and I love it because it's kind of a cheat code right now for anybody who, you know, anybody listening who says, I can't afford to bring on a strength and conditioning coach, uh, but they can hear that, the blueprint right right here, basically. And it's not as detailed as it probably really is. However, yeah. those concepts and those pillars uh, can be applicable because I think that's what you're talking about, application that translates. Uh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of us and a lot of people have a lot of knowledge, but they don't apply it sometimes. And what you're talking about is a, a program, a total body. I don't want to say holistic, but it could be taken that way in the sense that your whole body gets worked. And and not just say you have a, an athlete who likes to play another sport away from football. They're able to translate that strength and that that speed and the cutting is what I like. When I played football, that was one of the things that, you know, I felt like we see guys on the offensive end cutting all the time. And that's amazing. But to be a great defender, you need to cut as just as well to change your directions, yeah. like you said. So I'm very intrigued by what you said, and I hope people listening can really key in on that if they're looking here again, start their own strength and conditioning program. And so, yeah, great stuff, man. Really, really good stuff. A lot of information. Uh, so like on that note, Coach, your guys have to be bigger, faster, stronger. They're in the SEC. They've got, yeah. they've got big games every time. All the time, there's no, you know, with the exception of maybe the beginning of the season, but even then, sometimes you y'all y'all schedule heavy. Uh, so, how do you feel, Coach, that you added value in that program? And now the program's considered, you know, you y'all are one of the fittest teams in all of college football, the SEC and in the country. How have you added value to to that? Um, to that aspect, I'm, I'm gonna give you a quote that my dad. Uh, my dad was a 21 uh, year military uh, military vet, so he always told me this. He always told me in combat or in the war, 
you will always result back to your training. Wow. Okay. Wow. He, he said, no matter, no matter, no, and what he meant by that was, no matter what step they tell me to take, right or left, no, no matter, no matter what I've been through in this deal, did I train hard? Did I train with a purpose? Did I train with discipline? Did I train to, to correct the little things? Yeah. And that's the same approach that I take. Okay. The X's and O's of the weight room. Everybody squats, everybody uh, bench press, everybody cleans. Okay. So like I take my philosophy and my pillars and then I add the, the next piece is how do you train? Okay. Yeah. So I always tell my athletes, you're always going to go back to your training because on, on Saturdays in the fall, I want them to think about how hard we train. Not, not saying that, that, that we're killing these guys, but doing it the right way. Discipline, being on time, details, little things, hands behind the line. Did we do all the little things in the training, uh, in training to now put us in a better position in the fall to give us the opportunity to win the fourth quarter? Um, so, it is is my added value is um, I'm very relatable to the guys um, and I'm very direct with them. I, I do I do not I'm not one of those coaches that I'm one of those coaches that um, are going to demean a guy or degrade a guy. If you if you're messing up, you're messing up. I'm going to be straightforward. If you're doing a good job, you're doing a good job, and we're going to tell you that you're doing a good job. Um, but I think every athlete can look me in my eye every single day and know that I care about them every single day. Um, and I think when you have that buy-in and you have that buy-in from the players and when you have the players, uh, it's, it's nothing um, it's nothing anyone can do because if a, if a young man buys into me and now you have a whole team that buys into me and they're coming to work every single day with energy, uh, with a great attitude, with a great effort, um, you know, that's what I bring to the table. I bring that uniqueness of, you know, being a player myself um, and making it very practical to the game of football um, and also just being in that battle because, you know, I'm still I'm still fairly young in my age and, and I can, you know, I might get a little hyped up in between the set where <laughs> a, guy, a, guy, yeah. a guy has a weight on the ball bill and I kind of, I kind of get the guys pumped up. I get under there and, and do a few, do a few reps and, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm still to that where the age where I can get into battle with them a little bit. I, yeah. I can demo demonstrate some stuff. I can I can show them because you know, like, like you said earlier, show me right. Y'all got those, those players or those old coaches, man. Like, hey, take this step there, take this step there. Uh, hey, coach, how about you show me? And I can actually show these athletes what to do, how to do it, and I think they really buy in because I'm not just I'm not telling them something that I can't do myself. Yeah. Okay, so. With all my training programs, I do it before my athletes do it. Nice. Okay. And then, um, and then the, the morning of the workout, I do their workout for the day. So there's no excuses, man. I I've always and I always tell my athletes at a certain time. At a certain time, I train myself during the day. Um, I tell my athletes, hey, if you, if you want to come, 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 coach, coach, come at this time, and, and you can coach me through it. Um, wow. So I, I am. Good. I am doing. I am doing their workout in the training session. And, and I think I have those guys believing in me and, uh, every day that, that we get to work, man. So the uniqueness about myself and, you know, I'm one of those guys that can be straightforward with you um, each and every day. That's great, Coach. Now, you're saying, you're saying in that you can relate because you're a former player. There's something about that grind 
that college players or college athletes, student athletes in the in the first place kind of experience. You know, the classes, you got to be in the classroom, you got to be in meetings, that whole progression of being in the weight room, then actually going to, to on the field practice. And there's so much that goes goes into being a student athlete. And you can relate to that because you were you were right where they were at. And then even now, like you're talking about being able to jump in and, and work out with them to a degree and show them that, hey, if I can do it, you can do it to 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 in a sense. So that's great, man, because that does get buy in. I, I, I think gone are the days of the out of shape looking coach telling everybody to run, uh, yeah. you know, that that strength and conditioning coach that <laughs> he didn't look like he had ever he couldn't say no to a meal. Uh, ever have enough discipline to to get a group of guys together and do something great in the weight room, and so I think that's uh, that's what you're saying, and I think that's great, Coach. I, I like what you said about what your dad, you know, you quoting your dad about you're always going to resort back to your training. I think that's that's so important because it combats the idea of we always go back to our comfort zones when we feel when we feel weak. We always go back to what we're comfortable with. We don't, we don't, sometimes we don't fight through things. And I think that training, like you said, you can always fall back on it. You're always going to resort back to it. So that's great, man. Great stuff. And, and I think that upbringing too has really helped you to be able to bring that, that, that juice, that vibe to the whole program, because that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I live in San Antonio, Texas. This is a military town. And yeah. we've everybody who's ever been a part of a military family, been around them knows, man, it's all about discipline. And so that's fantastic, coach. I, I really do appreciate you sharing all that with us. Now, you talked about kind of relating and connecting. This is a different generation, even for yourself, uh, not being too far removed from these young players, but it's a different generation. How do you connect with this generation of player? You know, as far as on a personal level, because that's that's where they're at. They're in their feels, they're vibing, they're mooding, they're all that stuff, which is great. But how do you connect with them? Um, you know, like you said, this new generation is it, changing. Um, and, you know, I think that social media platform helps you a lot, mm-hmm. right, by kind of following your athletes on the social media platforms, such as like Twitter and stuff like that. You kind of you kind of know what they like. You, you kind of, you kind of know what they, you know, you kind of know what this generation is kind of into, right? It may, yeah. it may be, it may be some, some, uh, a new, um, album or a new playlist that, that, that they want to hear, right? Yeah. That is very easy to, easy to play in the weight room while they're training. So those, those little things, you know, you know, kind of, kind of get sometimes when, when they say in words that I haven't, I'm not hip to, right? Uh, they, they say this new slang, you know, I kind of <laughs> ask, hey, what, what does that mean? Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. So, you know, kind of learning their learning them as human beings and, and what they're going through. Um, you know, as far as the generation and kind of the, the stuff that they go through right now is, is a little different um, than when I was growing up. When I was growing up, you kind of were thrown outside and you would say, "Hey, go go play with your friends. Go ride a bike. Go go shoot a hoop." Yeah. And you know, this generation is kind of you know. Uh, playing video games and Fortnite and and all that stuff, so it's kind of it's changing. And you just gotta you gotta be adaptable and learn that they are different from when you were coming up. These yeah. kids are different, and you just gotta learn and learn and adapt because you know if you want to do this deal for a long time, 
you, you're going to come across many generations of different kids. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be from year 2021 where we are now to 2025 is going to be different kids. Each year is going to be different and each generation is going to change. And you just got to be adaptable and uh, you, you got to be coachable. Coach me, coach, right? That's the athlete, coach me, coach. Um, so you got to just learn them and learn what they're kind of going through uh, with the generation. And, and, and you got to know it's a little different from when, when you grew up yeah. and you got to keep adapting and being moldable um, and being coachable as a coach. That's when it comes to those things. That's great, man. You're, you're giving here again another blueprint for anybody who's not in coaching yet but aspires to be. Because the good ones, they do this, which you're exactly what you're talking about. The good coaches do it. They study and they learn their player. They know who they are. They know they may not know every single little detail of the the vernacular and the and the cool sayings and the little emojis they use. Sometimes kids send me emojis, coach, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Or they send little acronyms and I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'll figure it out. And then you make little references to it and they're like, hey, yo, hey, coach. Yeah. You know, like you're talking yeah. about the playlist. All of a sudden they come into the to the weight room and you're rocking their playlist that they really, really liked. And they're like, yo, coach, you got it. And then yeah. there's this relatability again. And so that's that's a great, great, great example of Anybody listening right now, if you're a coach, you're aspiring to be a coach, you want that kind of relatability, that buy-in, that that bridge of a, of a gap. You know, you're bridging a generational gap when you do those things. That's super smart, super super wise to do that, coach. So thanks for sharing that. I really do appreciate that because I feel, I, I feel the same exact way as you do. That's how the approach I take with my, my players, with the kids that I lead, because that's... Uh, now I don't want to start acting like them for sure. Yeah. Don't don't don't, yeah. get, don't get it twisted. Let's not act like them, uh, but let's find ways to understand why they act the way they act, so we don't get frustrated. Now, coach, you know, as players look to improve physically, like you're talking about getting better every day, so you don't get worse. How do you use the weight room? You know, kind of talked about the music, relating like that. But when you sit down with them, you know, you're getting you're getting real personal with them in the weight room in a sense. How do you find ways to mentor them through that? Um, you got to, you got to, you know, coming in as a freshman, um, some, some kids don't like to lift weights, you know, but yeah. I, I kind of preach them, you got to enjoy the process. Um, and, and I always go back to, you know, if you don't enjoy the process, um, you might end up back at home, you know, as the hometown hero. Yeah. If you want to be more than that, you know, let, let, let's in, in, in embrace this process and embrace this, the struggle that we're going to go through together. Um, and it's kind of, you know, as a freshman, kind of teaching them, you know, the freshmen have their early morning workouts and you got to teach them how to work, teach them how college is. And, and by the time they're done with kind of the freshman year, we have, I, I, I have their total buy-in. So try to, you try to mold a team uh, from the bottom up. If you go into a new program and you try to um, be there for a long period of time, you want to mold those freshmen so then you four or five years in your program and now you're, you're, you're seeing their juniors and the seniors and the fifth year seniors that have a standard. Um, the standard is a standard always. We're not yeah. going to come short of that standard. Um, so, you know, I mentor those guys and I have different leadership groups. Some have, have a leadership text and leadership groups that we meet once or twice a week um, with different groups that try to help these guys be better leaders, you know, not only on the football field, but in life. Because, you know, 10, 15 years in a row, they're going to be uh, husbands and fathers. And um, 
how can we help those guys, uh, mentor those guys in a capacity, not only developing their body physically in the weight room, um, got to get their buy-in early and, and, and really show them why we're doing this and the results kind of speak for themselves, um, you know, physically. All right, going back to my science-based approach, we're going to show these guys um, how they're developing physically, right, through through the metrics and everything that we track. But, you know, the eye test, the mirror, they said, man, coach, my body's getting a little bigger, getting a little stronger. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, those those shirts, the, the first break where they go home and where they can't um, – where they can't fit the same clothes anymore. They got a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so that's kind of how you get the buy-in. And then the other, the mentor and leadership aspect <clears throat> off of that, it is how can we make these guys, like I said, better leaders in their communities, better leaders, you know, on campus, better leaders um, through kind of their daily life. Um, because, you know, I'm not just here as a strength and conditioning coach. I mean, that's my role, director of sports performance. Um, but it comes with many different hats. Um, because I pride myself on having a staff that has been in your situation before yeah. by always having, you know, former football, division one football players kind of, um, or guys who've been, um, around the game a long time, because if I haven't been through it, somebody on my staff has been through a situation, um, kind of help you, uh, get you to your next step. So you're not stagnant. Um, so mentoring and leadership, that's kind of how I do it. Wonderful coach. Yeah, and so with kind of here again in that same vein, uh, as far as you know, you talked about your leadership groups and how y'all break it down like that too. That's a lot of intentionality. That's like, no, we're, we're doing this. We're not like saying, well, this is what we have provided for you. It's like, no, nah, this is very intentional. So within that intentionality, coach, the leadership and the support for your players through this pandemic and even through the social unrest how how's that been for you and your staff in particular? Um, well, you know, um, over the pandemic, me and my staff, we um, we had to communicate with the players via FaceTime, via uh, you know calls, uh, because everybody was at home. So we got to we got to send them diff- different different tools like bands and stuff to kind of train um, train at home with. So yeah, I felt like each each week we kind of rotated groups. One week I had the wide receivers and somebody else on my staff would have the DBs and O-line and linebackers and quarterbacks, so on and so forth. And we kind of rotated that um, every week. So I'm talking to that group of players every single day. Yeah. So I'm calling them. I'm checking on them. Um, and now you kind of get a glimpse of kind of where they where they from. How did they grow up? Mm-hmm. Um, because now you FaceTime when they're home with their brother. Um, now you're seeing kind of their friends, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, so you, you get it. So over the pandemic, I took it as a chance, not as a vacation or a break, you know, from work. Cause we, we, we were still working in a different capacity, um, you know, and, and, and when the players got back, um, when the players got back, I felt more, I felt more closer to my players because, you know, I spoke to them every single day over the pandemic. Yeah. All right, so speaking to them, talking to them, getting to learn them a little bit more. Um, I feel like when they came back, we, um, we 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 were more together, and you know, or just the um, social unrest. Um, it just being there for the players, yeah, being there, hearing them, um, and you know, um, doing stuff with them as far as um, going through through different marches and, and stuff that are player player led. 
just being there alongside of those guys and they knowing that you're there with them and you had their back. Um, it's kind of the, and it's being, have an open office, open arms to whatever, whatever they need. Uh, it was the best way um, to deal with it because, you know, each person, each individual is going through something different. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of sit back and listen and, and try to help and mentor um, and, and lead um, as kind of each situation came up. That's great. You know, you, you said some things that are, that were very important that I think a lot of coaches adhered to during that time uh, in particular, and even still to this day, we're still looking at different ways to connect with players, you know, distance wise. Um, Now that, you know, the first thing I heard was, okay, social distance. And I thought the last thing we need to do is be socially distant. I think when it comes to space and, 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 you know, distance between each other, I guess, yeah, we need to keep our space, but socially we need to get more engaged during this time uh, because your players, every player out there, every young person out there who's, participating in athletics and we're the coaches of those teams need to make sure, like you said, we're listening. We're, we're, we're part of a, a program that wants to keep a cohesiveness even away from the, the field, the court, the whatever we are leading. So I think that's really important. Listening to your players, man, there's nothing, nothing better you can do, quite honestly, especially when it comes to the pandemic, their fear of maybe what's to come, uh, the social unrest, you know, that was that was big, coach. I, I, I know that. I know that because I had kids coming to me kind of trying to figure things out. Uh, they didn't know how. I mean, in every every ethnicity, it wasn't just one. It wasn't just African-American kids. It just it wasn't just the, 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 the Anglo kids. It wasn't the Mexican kids. It was like every one of them had an idea of what they were watching and what they were seeing. And when they came to me, you know, my mindset was, I want to hear what you what you feel first. It's not about what I have to say to you. It's about what you have to say to me. So that's great stuff, coach. Really, really good. Now, I want to ask you about your support system because as coaches, we lead, we lead, we lead, we support, we're there. But then, hey, what about us, right? How important yeah. is your support system, coach? Um, it's very important. Um, my, my wife, DJ Nell Artis, she's a huge, um, a huge factor into that, um, you know, you know. Being a, being a coach's wife isn't always easy. Nope. Uh, so she is there. She's my rock. She supported me um, through, through everything. And then, you know, um, you know, having, having your mentors and your coaches that mentor you growing up and, and, and putting, pouring so much into you, um, those guys are my support system as well. Um, Dan Antonio Burnett from NC State, Craig Fitzgerald, now with the New York Giants. No Durfee. He is, he is at Duke uh, University. Um, Big John Wilson at ECU. Um, Troy Beckman now is at uh, Texas. Um, Truman Carroll, he's at now at USF. Um, a lot of people um, have poured into me. Um, and those are my support system as well. Um, because, you know, during the pandemic, you know, we're, we're, I'm on the phone with, 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 with these guys, you know, a lot every day, every other day, um, helping each other, getting feedback and, and just getting better every day. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the motto for my for my podcast is get better every day because us as coaches, we always think about in yourself as well in the weight room, on the court, on the field, say, hey, let's get better today. Let's get better every day. And I think coaches need to kind of go to the mirror and say, how are you getting better every day? Who, yeah. who are you surrounding yourself with 
that's going to push you to that greatness, that's going to push you to kind of or your accountability partners in a sense. Is your circle filled with a bunch of yes people and a bunch of people that just gas you up and hype you up? Are you surrounded with people who, you know, build you up and challenge you? And although they may not agree with everything you say or do, it's all in the best interest of who you are and your growth and development as a person. So, yeah, uh-huh. I see completely what you're saying, Coach, and it's, it's fantastic. So I would ask you now, Coach, what do you value most in your life? You talked about your wife, I, and I know you value her. That's for sure. What about that dynamic? What about your life do you value most right now? Um, in my life, I value my, my, my family. Um, my family, uh, my wife, my mom, uh, my cousins, you know, my family is very important. Um, in, in my life, um, that's kind of that's number one. My family. Um, the second one is my my values. Um, and what I mean by my values is, as a child, so many people has poured into your life. Yeah. Okay, good or bad. Um, as you as you get as you're growing up, and coaches and teachers, a lot of people are pouring into your life. Um. So I, what, what I take from that is the value system of whatever I took in from those people and, and people that took their time to pour into me, um, how can I create my own kind of value system and, and pour into other people? Um, yeah. and that's huge, my values of self-respect. Um, next, third one would probably be uh, my relationships um, with my players, um, with different people, different coaches in, in the industry, different people. I mean, the, my relationship with, with the guy uh, at Outback that I see every couple of weeks or the guy and at the supermarket. Relationships will take you a long way um, in this business and it will take you a long way in life um, because he's always saying it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, so relationships are, are very key. So that's my three big um, core values. Fantastic, Coach. I like what you're saying there about relationships. And yeah, sometimes we think about networking in the sense like, yeah, yeah, I know them, I know them. Uh, But at the end of the day, do they know you? (laughs) You know, and they don't know you if they don't have a relationship with you. You may have your number, their number in your phone or their business card or whatever. They were on an email that everybody got or whatever, but did you, or they follow you on social media, but do you, do they know you? Did you take the time to build relationally with you? Like you said about the the guy at the grocery store, Outback, whatever. Like people, people need people. I don't want to sound yep. corny, but that's the truth. And if you're a person that is available, access, you give people access, they'll give you access when the time comes to what it is that you want access to. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I don't know how to put it any better than that, but that's great, coach. I appreciate you, you sharing that with us. Uh, now about yourself, coach, because I think we go through our lives here again, teaching and teaching and, and molding and shaping and doing the best that we can for our student athletes and the, and the people that we lead. But we have to think about ourselves. Like, what have we learned? So I'd ask you, coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Um, be your own person. Wow. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, as a, as a young coach, you kind of get placed in your first, first opportunity, and you may think that is the only way to do it. Okay, so, um, but then as you as you mature and, and you develop, you're, you're going to become your own person. Don't ever um, 
be someone that you you see on Instagram, you see on social media, you see out there. Be true to yourself, um, and, and always be true to, true to you and true to yourself. And then know what you want, and also going back to the value, know what you value, know know what your core values are. Now, if you're deviating from that, you know you got you got to get back on track. But um, me is is knowing who you are and being your own person. Nice, really good stuff. It's about identity at the end of the day. And I think that's what yeah. our student athletes, our players, even even adults, even people on our staff sometimes have a hard time with is identifying who they are. Not, you know, they, ha- they don't have a hard time identifying what they do. They just have a hard time identifying who they are, even when what they do. Say you have so much success in whatever, you know, facet of life that you're you're walking in. And sometimes you think that's your identity and it's not. That's not, you're not, you're not what you do. You are who you are, like you said, you know, being your own person. That's great advice, coach. And I hope anybody listening that needed to hear that, you know, takes heed to it because find your identity. It's very important. Get to know who you are. Uh, I think you'll like it. I really do. And if you don't, well, then make some adjustments like we talked about. Make adjustments and you'll be fine now. Coach, my last question always has to do with legacy. And I know you still got a long time to go. You're a young buck still, uh, but you've had some success already. And you've seen the impact you can have in people's lives. So as kind of a working legacy coach, I would ask you, what would you want people to say of you at the end of your career? Um, that Coach AJ Artis gave his all to his athletes um, and helped everybody that he came in contact with, no matter if you're the janitor, you're the lunch lady, um, you're, you're, you're an accountant or a desk assistant, that uh, I gave my all um, for my athletes and I gave it all to everybody um, that's around me and that I came in contact with. Um, I want everybody that I come in contact with remember my name. You know, not from for a popularity contest, but just because, you know, I want my presence to be graceful and, and really I, w- I want you to remember me just because of the good things that I do, the energy I bring to a room and, and to people's lives. I want to affect people's lives in a, in a positive manner and leave a, a lifelong um, impression. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know our listeners will appreciate it. Uh, so thank you for sharing with us because your perspective matters. And here again, being a football coach, kind of breaking kind of stride of what we usually do here with basketball coaches. And and to me, they're, they're one and the same. And I think that's why a lot of us basketball coaches, we gravitate to, to football coaches because there's a, there's this shared common uh, grind that we all have and we all know, you know, if you'd like to say, if you know, you know, we all know. And so here again, man, thank you so much for taking the time and making the time to be on with us. Uh, I said no problem at all. Thank you for having me. And it it was a pleasure and honor. Thank you all so very much for listening to the creative coaching podcast. I love what I'm doing and I love the fact that you're listening. So you follow us on Twitter at creative coach four seven, leave feedback via uh, iTunes and then rated and all that good stuff. So we can look nice and pretty on there. And, uh, you know, just leave feedback. I want to hear from you all because I appreciate you taking the time and making the time to, to listen in. So here again, thank you so very much.